knowing whether we're coming or going. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 374 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello and welcome. Dan Edwards. Good evening. Okay, English Dan, you're not going away just yet. <laughs> and Santi Balsa. Hi guys. Tony is not joining us this week because we're recording on Wednesday and he doesn't do that. Uh, but he wouldn't be joining us either if, he was, if we were recording tomorrow. Because Tony has heard yesterday... That he uh, is, is succeeded in getting accreditation for the Sudamericano Sub 20 Femenino in San Juan, the under 20 women's South American Championship, um, and therefore I think he's on his way there right now because it starts today. I think he's playing football tonight. Oh, he might be on his way there tomorrow in that case. He was trying to sort out how, how and when he could travel. Uh, he will be sending us dispatches from the tournament and hopefully interviews with one or two of the players if uh, he can find some that speak English. Um, during the tournament so that's something to look forward to over the next month um, between now and the 24th or something I think it runs something like that anyway um, the scores from the Superliga weekend just gone are as follows Racing 1 Newell's Old Boys 1 Colón 0 Boca 4 Gimnasia 1 Atletico Tucumán 0 River 1 Defensa Justicia 1 Central Córdoba 1 Banfield 1 Godoy Cruz 1, Union 3, Aldo Civi 1, San Lorenzo 3, Lanús 1, Estudiantes 1, Rosario Central 3, Arsenal de Sarandí 1, Vélez Sarsfield 2, Argentinos Juniors 0, Patronato 3, Tacheres 2, Huracán 1, Independiente 0, and at the moment a half-time score from a match that was delayed from a couple of weeks ago because of a super rugby game at Vélez Sarsfield Stadium, Vélez 0, Godoy Cruz 1. Try Incredible. and remain on your chairs, gentlemen. Godoy Crusoe, although they went 1 0 up against Union as well in that game, they lost 3 1. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they are currently winning again. Um, if you were listening carefully to the correct results and you remember what the standings were last week, then you will be aware that that means that with one match to go, the top of the league table is now tighter than it was. River drawing and Boca winning means that River go into the final round of matches with a one-point advantage at the top of the table. Also, their goal difference um, has been eroded a fair bit by the number of goals Boca have been scoring in the last few matches. River well, that's scored... Uh, yeah, there's no... It the, is, yes, yeah. that's true. I'm not really sure why I brought that up. <laughs> it, it was an interesting fact. Yeah, yeah, for, force right. of habit, well. probably. Yeah. I, I was woken up after a few hours sleep this morning and haven't really been able to get back to sleep so forgive me if I do things like that today are you still trying to get back to sleep or I no, mean, should no, we I... wake you if you if you're not <laughs> off now no, I'll stagger through somehow but um, yeah why did I say that <laughs> anyway interesting enough what this means is that at the weekend on Saturday we're going to get a fairly good tester of just how right I was when I said last week or the week before that I'd be happier um, from River Plate's point of view having 
two away games and one home game mm-hmm. than two home games and one away, given their away record. Because on Saturday at 9pm, not 9.45pm for some reason, um, Boca Juniors will host Gimnasia and River will visit Atletico Tucumán. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, not Gimnasia, sorry. Gimnasia... Maradona. Diego Maradona's gimnasia. Thank you for the correction, Andres. Um, and River will visit Atlético Tucumán. If the two teams get the same result as one another, then River will win the league. Uh, if Boca win and River don't, then Boca will win the league. Mm-hmm. And if, and this I think really is very, very improbable now, fortunately, yeah. uh, if Boca draw and River lose, then we will have a playoff. Uh, the week afterwards to decide the destiny of the Superliga title. Um, Are we going to have uh, Ricardo Lavolpe part two? Explain to us what Ricardo Lavolpe part one involved. Yeah, um, yeah there was this uh, very, very uh, infamous um, title race in 2006, the Apertura 2006, where Bocas, Ricardo Lavolpe's Boca was, were the runaway leaders and they began to drop points Towards the end was of the towards the end of the of the league, and I want to say seven points with three games to go, but it might have been nine with three games to go. And the Estudiantes won all of their games. Yeah, they won all of their games. I, I think they drew they drew one and lost and lost another two, which meant both Estudiantes and Boca were level on points after the final match week, and they had to play um, well a final at the I think it was a where, where was it held? Belis. Ah, at Belis Stadium. Which uh, Boca eventually lost. Which uh, started winning with a goal from Palermo. Yeah, yeah. actually, Palermo, uh, they were ahead one 0 with a Palermo goal, and then they they flopped and they bottled their their lead both at the top of the table and in that final, so that Estudiantes could win their their first title in uh, in over 20 years or something. So 23 years. I remember so, that very fondly, partly because that was back in the days when I still described myself as a River fan. Uh, and partly because that was the first end to a championship after I started blogging about Argentine football. Wow. So I was actually writing for an audience about that finish to the championship. Yeah, so you were, I mean, it was like perfect timing for you. Yeah. Um, and I was dead into the, the, the whole historical side of it as well. Boca had won the previous two titles. Yeah, and they, they won the, the full 05 06 season was all Bocas. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, they were, I mean, Boca would, would have become the first, uh, the first team to win the three championships in a row. Which uh, hasn't happened. Ah, the first Boca team to win three championships in a row, which hasn't happened to the to this to this day. They could have uh, they could have won the previous one, but well, Racing eventually uh, snatched that title away from them. Snatch, we walked it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they snatched. The they, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they snatched the chance from them. Uh, yeah, but Boca, yeah, they flopped in the they flopped a bit in that in that championship. They eventually qualified for to the Copa Libertadores, but they were a fair bit away from that one. We'll find out anyway. It's probably going to be nervy, but Mystic Sam, spoiler alert, um, I suspect that the most likely result is that both River and Boca are going to win their matches on Saturday. Hmm. Um, yeah, and if you look at the form books, you'd say Atletico are doing rougher worse than Gimnasia now, funny hmm. enough. Yeah, indeed. And I mean, well, Gimnasia have beat Atletico Tucumán in the previous, in the previous match week. So. There will be a lot of more, but because... Um, Apart from Maradona going to the Bombonera, where we don't know whether there will be, he will be given a, a plaqueta, a badge, or, or he'll be given a, a rousing reception. I don't know, a rousing reception, and uh, get, but he will get a very a standing ovation. I think that's fair. Um, to say. Yeah. Apart from that, River will be at Tucumán, where the 
coach of Atlético Tucumán is Zielinski, the one who with Belgrano made. Ah, nice. Yeah, uh, that was. Of course, it's uh, not uh, a pleasure for for me, but uh, it, that's something that happened, and mm-hmm. and so it, it will be, I think, equally morbid. And there was a lot of talk about uh, Crespo coming back to the Monumental this this week, the, the last weekend. Yeah, and if it was supposed to be a job interview for the Marcelo Gallardo succession, he did rather well, especially in the first half. Yeah. Not in the second half, not so much. He kind of uh, got caught in two minds, I think, between wanting to go for the second and thinking, oh shit, this is River, they're really good. Maybe we should sit back a little bit and kind of, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, got and lost also, in, that, in that grey area. And also River played quite poorly in the first half and Marcelo Gachado put a rocket up their asses in the, at the half-time break, clearly, because they were much, much better. Well, similar to, the, to, to this change he, he made uh, against Union, where it was a similar match. Union with the ball and River couldn't get it. Hmm. But in that case, he replaced Martínez Cuarta with Quintero. In this case, he waited for the half-time and replaced uh, Pinola for Quintero. Yeah. Yeah, to switch from a, a back three. I mean, the sofa score keeps showing it as a back five, but I prefer to call it a three-five-two than a five-three-two. Um, but yeah, to, to switch from three centre backs to, to stick another playmaker in the midfield, um, and it, it was a change that worked well. It didn't quite work well enough, but as I said, given Rivers' away record and given, as you've mentioned, Dan, Atletico Tucumán's recent form, um, really, although they obviously wanted to to win the game um, on Saturday. I suspect that a point was all that River needed um, from this match. Yeah, I mean, they still depend on themselves to win yeah, the championship. Exactly. Um, yes, I think. And they're going to have Rafael Santos Borre back. He only got a one match ban, didn't he? Yes, I think. It was so he's going to be back on Saturday. Yes, it was a uh, yeah, yellow cards ban, not a red. From, from Godoy Cruz's, um, Godoy Cruz, from defensive Justicia's point of view, though, as we've said, very impressive first half. Yeah, I mean, they were coming off the back of two consecutive wins. They beat Estudiantes and another team who were not the easiest to beat. Who I can't Cacheres. remember. Estudiantes and Rosario Central. Ah, ah Rosario Central, yeah. They're also in the, in the thick of the, of the Copa Libertadores fight. Yeah, but the, yeah, but the Copa been, fight, basically. It's all yeah. so convoluted, so congested. Any team could end up anywhere. So um, they, were un, they were unbeaten under Crespo until... Yesterday? It was yesterday, right? Yes. Um, well, they were very unlucky again to go down to And they're still, to in, the, and they're still in, the, in the league. And, yeah, and they're holding their own. Like, um, I always thought, kind of, Crespo, ever since he came to Banfield, he's, he's done something to piss off the gods because his teams tend to play very well, but just, just don't get lucky. They have these crazy four-all draws or, or they get in the lead and then let it slip and... But they played decent football. Well, the, main, the, main issue, the main issue with Banfield was that they couldn't score to save their lives. Uh, mostly. But, I mean, but they did score a few with, with Crespo. Yeah. They, they, they certainly got a bit nicer to watch. Yeah. Crespo. Yeah, the thing is, the thing with As the... We said last week that, that it was a, a case of a, a squad that was fairly ill-adapted to the kind of football that Crespo wanted to play. Yeah, in exactly. Defensive. Yeah. This year, I think, is he recovered, a little bit more bit. He recovered, bit I think, with Cachese style. Uh, hmm. When Maria Soso was there, it was... Quite different, uh, and now it's like, so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. But yes, in the first half was uh, just uh, uh, a, a new of the old uh, defensive justicia, uh, tra- uh, bringing back again the Cassis, uh campaign. And yes, it was surprising for the, from the river point of view 
but not so surprising because we knew Defensa uh, Justicia could play la that way. Perhaps the, the, the uh, strange thing was that uh, they made it at the Monumental. With, well, uh, for Crespo was like, uh, he, as he said previously, that was playing like, like playing against Nadal and Roland Garros. Well, I think he's, it was not just like that, but similar. I think uh, I remember there was this uh, journalist who said he snatched a set from Nadal. Yes. And I think yeah. that would be a, a fair way to describe it. Yeah. Um, this the the pressure was was all the greater on River, and perhaps that's why they got a little bit desperate, looking for a winner uh, in the second half, due to the fact that on Friday evening, the previous day, Boca had beaten Colón, as we all expected them to, by three or four goals. It was mm -hmm. four in the end. Um, I did see there was a moment during the second half when I saw a River. Um, well, and one of these TV journalists who covers River, and they all tend to support the team that they, they cover, mm -hmm. saying, and to think that some people were saying that Colón might give Boca a game. And I thought, who was saying that? Apart from <laughs> really, really optimistic River fans, clasping yeah. onto the fact that Boca have an away game. Well, Nobody and was supposedly the elephant's graveyard was going to have its effect. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, if it's you terrible. that, then you, you haven't then, watched Colón in the last four months or so. They're pathetic. But, well, until 10 minutes uh, into the second half, Uh, that uh, journalist was right then uh, well he might, might must have hide because largely due to a, a pretty poor first half performance from Boca it has to be said um, I mean when they actually took the lead it was you, you're quite right it was, it was early, in the, early in the second half 10 minutes in yeah 11 minutes into the second half um, and at the time on the one hand on the, on the run of play you could say oh it's maybe you know, I don't know whether Boca really deserved this given what we expect of Boca when they're playing a team like Colón was that quite on similar? the other hand it was inevitable was perhaps quite similar to the game they drew last night in which they had total control of the game yeah. uh, but they couldn't in that case in this case uh, put it into goals and, and then well mm. they, they considered a goal as well and that was it Yeah, um, last night on Tuesday night, Boca were away to Caracas in the opening uh, group, I want to say eight, game H. in the Libertadores. Um, and was the Ramon Abila goal for the 2-0 onside or off? I didn't get a decent no, replay on it. Wasn't. It was flagged off. It was flagged, but it was, it, was, it, was, it was level, wasn't it? I, I thought it was. Uh, it was a really nice finish, so it, it's a, shame, a double shame for him that, that it got ruled out. Uh, but they, they should have gone 2-0 up, but didn't. And then they conceded a really nice free kick uh, about, I want to say really, very early in the second half, wasn't it? Yeah. Like two minutes into the second half or something. Um, to, to begin with a 1-1 draw. Uh, but that, of course, was an almost entirely second string uh, Bocket team. I say almost entirely. It wasn't as second string as the Riverside that is expected to start in Quito in the about children. an hour and a half. They won't have even the, the complete uh, subs bench. Yeah. And and a complete managerial, a completely second string managerial. <laughs> well, that's as well. Has, well, has not travelled to Ecuador for the match. Well, why was it he was he he was sick? I think he he's had sick. Ah, yeah, he had a sore throat. Yeah. I mean, that's the excuse. But <laughs> it, it, it also allows him to stay the high with the first team. Would somebody please long, think of the children? Hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, those are the top two. Uh, the third place team has. Oh, it might be changing back. Of course, if. if Oh no, hang on. No, it won't be because Belles are losing at the moment and they're in third. The third place team has changed hands because Belles uh, beat Argentinos and in so doing leapfrogged them in the table. They are currently third even if they lose to Godoy Cruz. And remember that the places between uh, below first and second do get decided on goal difference. Um, they would have to lose by quite a lot of goals to Godoy Cruz though. 
um, in order to slip up mm-hmm. from third position tonight. Yep. Uh, because their goal difference is 10 and Lanusa's in fourth is four. And I don't think Godoy Cruz are going to score another six goals. No, with the best will in the world, uh, that's not going to happen. Is it? I mean, no. is it even... Is it even is it even likely that Godoy Cruz even score and score at all after this? That's I mean, a complete they score. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Have yeah. they really? I mean, it's likelier that Belis actually come come back and win the game. That Godoy Cruz even score a goal. We've Dan has just oh. switched over to this at half time of the Tigres Copa Libertadores game, and the stats from the first half, I have to say, don't look like it's been a particular classic. One shot on target each. Four well, total back shots up. for Belis, three for Godoy Cruz. Yeah. Um, but anyway, other noteworthy games from the weekend, gents? Uh, I wish I had. It was something in Parque Patricios. I don't know. Ah, yeah, that, that one. Yeah. We don't uh, have to talk yeah. about it if you don't want to. Well, I, do, do you want to, Dan? <laughs> I didn't say it, I was playing football. But I know if Sandy wanted to do a little bit of catharsis here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Three, three defeats in a week. I mean, in a, in a way, it's not great. In a way, though, uh, Santi, after, after telling us last week that Independiente were going to go out of the Copa Sudamericana, uh, they crushed Fortaleza. <laughs> <laughs> they were thoroughly deserved, as, as anybody who listened to the uh, a one two crashing we last say. week um, will we'll be aware. A one two crash. Fucking hell. What did you make of that qualification? So, for those who didn't listen last week, uh, Independiente they were 2 0 down and going out 2 1 on aggregate until the 93rd minute when an own goal sent them through yeah. on away goal. It was, it, was, uh, it was listed as a Fabrizio Bustos goal, but everyone knows that Fabrizio Bustos shot Definitely was wasn't. not going in. It was in a goal. cross, surely. Yeah, he, yeah. he crossed for the, yeah. for the Fortaleza defender who, who scored after that. And they celebrated as if they just won the book. <laughs> well, of course they're going to. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean first, it, this is, it, we're actually talking about a win instead yeah. of a draw like Arsenal. Um, this is the only remaining hope for Independiente to actually compete into something for the whole bloody year. Because, I mean, <laughs> if, Independiente, if Independiente are not even going to compete in a Sudamericana, what else does Independiente have? You're not optimistic for the Copa Superliga? Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. I mean, my thought after Independiente lost to Gimnasia was... I mean, if we're going to lose against one of the worst teams in the in the first division, who the fuck are Independiente going to beat now? Yeah. And, and the answer is on Monday it was Huracan who hadn't won for what was it eleven or since 14 October? Games? October. <laughs> they hadn't won since October. Let me just uh, count these up myself. One. It was eleven or fourteen. I'd heard. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14 matches 14 win, yeah. 14 matches winless one, and until they, they, they are facing the Peninte they just I mean <laughs> that's in all competitions that includes the Sudamericana but that's 4 draws and 10 losses in that time wow I mean that's that's incredible I mean yeah. it, I mean even look look at the look at the goal in the Peninte considered they were actually they, they, we actually had the ball in the opposition sh- in the opposition half mm. Leandro Fernandez misplaces an easy pass that eventually leads in a Europe in an Huracan counter and ends up in, in the one in the one nil goal where actually it comes in through uh, Campagna's first um, near post, mm-hmm. which well some some might say that it would have been a, an avoidable goal. Some people are well um, more strict than others in terms of how a goalkeeper should guard the near post, but well I'm not gonna get into that. I'm gonna get into the fact that in the paint they are so Malleable to to these counter attacks all the time. They can't string three passes together. 
they can't position themselves to actually defend a, a fucking counter I mean they remain really wasteful as well I mean 14 shots of which one was on target yeah, they're really it's just that they're not creating chances, so they shoot from anywhere. Exactly, yeah, but they, exactly. I mean, that's been the case for about the last two or three years, under about four or five. Before they, no, before they were creating. No, chances, but, at, but at least in the beginning, actually, well, under Liverpool, and there was this problem that, uh, well, they had, they actually created a lot of chances, but they they were they failed to concede them. Actually, remember that mm. like uh, the first like five games, uh, Holland played at home back in 2017 they were all draws because in the beginning they were so wasteful yeah. in front of goal but they were actually very creative they were really good creating didn't chances have a number 9 who put them away basically. exactly well until Gigliotti appeared as a yeah. as a valuable choice but right now I mean this is the other way around uh, Silvio Romero is actually one of the best uh, one of the strikers in Liga I mean he's displaying the fact that he's still the second highest scorer in this in this season behind uh, Santo Jorge which is incredible because I think in the way, I think it's like uh, eleven goals. As we said yes. last week, it's joint first because Santos Borre has got one goal credited to him. Ah, exactly. Goal. Yeah. So I mean, in terms of the like, no, yeah, officially he's second behind Santos Borre. Right, but uh, I think he's 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 got eleven goals. I don't think in the beginning he scored yeah. more than twenty Let's in the whole league. Well. He has scored eleven goals. You're right about that. I think he scored like more than half. More than he half. He did score twenty-four. So he had those six against him. Quite Central. right. Ah, yeah. five. Yeah, but the five. five does stand. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's still. I mean, the main they can't score to save their lives right now. They can't create a single bloody chance. They can't defend. I mean, what else? The, what else does it happen? Now I, I'm beginning to worry that uh, probably um, for such a such a tense a, and such a. Such a fatal situation right now. Maybe Pusineri is not precisely the man to to guide Independiente into into some kind of a renaissance or something. Because I mean, he's still really, really uh, cautious to give chances to the to the youth players. He's still um, he well in both in both of the last two games. He the the only the only well player from the. From the reserves, he actually gave a chance to was Adam Belaco in the 85th minute. In both cases, in the in the game against Fortaleza, he actually was the creator of the only goal in the painted score in the game, which actually shows. Well, actually, if you think about that goal, it was a ball that um, Alan Franco won in the opposition half. Then Belaco created the chance and then laid it on to Bustos, who well didn't tuck it in, but was actually crossed the ball to 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 get it in. I mean. Even if that was Bustos' worst game in a long, long while, it was still three players that actually came through the youth ranks of Independiente. I think that, in a way, tells the, tells the story that this squad, I mean, I've said it before, but this squad just, they don't care. I mean, there's such a such a, such an imbalance in how the, the board has decided to spend Independiente's budget in getting all these players and paying these huge wages and after all, this, this, most of these players, like, well, I mentioned before, Cecilio Dominguez and Roa, they don't care. I mean, I'm, they're just running down the games until the, the season ends and they can just fuck off like the rest of their, <laughs> the rest of their, their teammates have. Like, well, there's, there's been eight air departures so far. Now, uh, San Paoli's main eight is interested in Martin Campagna, which is, has been in the painter's best player by a, by a country mile. If they lose, com- lose Campagna, that's going to be... Ugly. Very, very difficult. Russo Rodriguez, I don't know if he wanted to come back. <laughs> Just bring it out there. Well, this, we, we could have a, a surefire. Exactly, a surefire penalty yeah. taker. But still, I mean, the only the only resource in the video they have right now is actually uh, 
check the check the youth players in because I mean there's really no choice. I mean, um, Figal has said it in an interview a few hours ago. Um, now that he's out of the uh, of the cup, he can now lay onto the onto the board however however he wants. But uh, he said that he didn't feel. Uh, he didn't feel he was valuable by the by the board standards because he was still earning a fraction of mo most of his teammates did, and who just underperformed game after game after game and still got games. And it's uh, and it's a shame because I mean, if this continues to happen, the only the only ones who are going to leave and actually get a club are the ones who are half decent performers and these players who just uh, don't care at all about the club are going to run down their contracts that are going to leave for free. They don't have any money to perhaps sign new players in the, in the, in the, for next season. I mean, so they will have to rely on the, on the kids. That's, uh, yeah, the thing is there's still um, 10 or 11 games until the season ends because there's still the, the Copa de la Superliga. So there's a, that's a lot of games they're going to run down. Those, those are games that still count in terms of the of the relegation average and if Independiente don't start to win as soon as possible this the compensation we had back in 2013 is going to haunt us again and I do not want to see that happen again God forbid we shall see uh, one team who have just changed managers and got quite a boost from it was San Lorenzo indeed um, Bruno still got Don scored his seventh goal of the season just still got Tocalia as an interim right? Uh, yes I think yes. so just, just a reminder, as I do every time Bruno Piton scores a goal, that Bruno Piton's goal-scoring record prior to joining San Lorenzo was something like three goals in 112 matches. <laughs> and since joining San Lorenzo, he has scored seven goals in... Hang on a second. Seven goals in... Drum roll. matches. There we go. And different type of, type of goals. Now it was a header. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's as well. It was also a cracking free kick from Oscar Romero in that game. It was. Real and beauty. That's suspicious. And an injury scare. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's that speaks a lot about, that speaks a lot about well, our, what other things like to call tidying up the bed, mm. in a way, mm. for, for Mona Riz. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, given that it was the two Romero twins who... <laughs> I don't know how big a part they've played, but they played a very visible part uh, in media terms. In Can't mess with the Romeros. <laughs> and as well, Dan says, a media... And actually, one of, the, one of the candidates who just uh, proposed himself to Madison and also was a uh, former Uruguay boss, Jorge Fossati, because he said he had managed both the Romeros before. Yeah. <laughs> I've had worse arguments. <laughs> uh, and as Dan says, a, an injury scare and a goal for Adolfo Geich. Um Finally. Is he all right? Yes, apparently, he, I think he just twisted his ankle in the end, so he's out for a couple of weeks. Yes, uh, but no, that's all serious. no serious damage. Get well soon. They beat Aldo CB three one away. Uh, that was a match that I was sort of watching out with one eye because I had, well, with half an eye because I had one and a half <laughs> eyes on Lanús versus Estudiantes, which is better finishing one one. It was all right. Yeah. It never really took off that much, and I did end up. I'm just remembering now as I'm talking, I did end up paying more attention to um, to the San Lorenzo game, which rather surprised me. Um, but that's what happened. Uh, oh, hang on, no, was was that were they on at the same time, or was it Lanús Estudiantes at the same time as Central Arsenal? I, I think, think the Central Arsenal and Lanús Estudiantes. Because Arsenal started very yes, I can remember this one. Arsenal that is, started very strong. That is a good game to yeah. half an eye. Um, <laughs> Arsenal started quite strongly, and then Central sort of woke up. And they got a centre uh, player sent off at, towards the end of the game, I think. Yes, uh, Marco Ruben scored a hat trick, a penalty in first half stoppage time. Uh, a, 
want to say header, but I can't remember it very clearly. About eleven minutes. Uh, in, oh no, the third one was a header. The if Ruben, there's always one header in there. Wait, so 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 he's got a perfect hat trick. I can't remember which foot the non-penalty footed goal was, ah. was with. <laughs> um, he was with his uh, left. Oh really? So he's got a perfect hat trick. Yeah. Does uh, it count as a perfect hat trick if there's a penalty in there? Well, a German. Nah, do yeah. Is. German I mean, well, if you decide, if you got two penalties and you decide to hit them one with his foot or your head, <laughs> and a German would tell you it's not a hat trick if they're also, if they're scored in different halves. Right. Um, but we're English, so we're going to go with yes, perfect hat trick. Okay. Uh, and Fabio Pereira got sent off, as Santi says, for Arsenal. Uh, very deep into stoppage time at the end. Um, what this does to... Well, we told you, I mean, the, the meaningful bits of the standings are River and Boca, 46 points and 45 points. Belles, as it currently stands, are still losing to Godoy Cruz and are on 36 points. Um, Lanús are also on 36 in fourth place. Those four teams are in the Libertadores. That means that, I've just realised, River and Boca actually are mathematically assured of Libertadores football next year, aren't they? Yes. It's yeah. not like because you know. It's, I mean, it's, it's just three like points. Three points to play. The champions of the league, and then the champions of the Argentine Cup, and then the champions of the Copa Super, and blah blah. blah. But I'm pretty sure that first and second in the Super yeah, league the first and second are going to right away. Um, uh, there, there's yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way they're gonna they're gonna lose their spots. I yeah. think. Um, and then the Copa Sudamericana battle, as Dan mentioned, it's tight. Venice and Lanús in those top in bottom two Libertadores spots at the moment, both with 36 points. Racing are on 36 points in fifth. Argentinos and Rosario Central are in sixth and seventh, also on 36 points. Newells are on 35 points. Defensive with DC are 33. San Lorenzo 33. That takes you down to 10th, which is the cutoff point at the moment for the Sudamericana. But Tacheres and Arsenal de Sarandí both have 31 points. And it's probably not going to happen, but still mathematically in with a chance. Um, of qualifying via the league for the Sudamericana are Estudiantes who have 30 points surely almost the entire league is mathematically in the running of via the Superliga I said but then but that doesn't make any sense because it's via the Copa Superliga <laughs> right yeah yeah but yeah. via the league campaign Estudiantes can campaign can, can qualify for the Sudamericana via league placing still because they could still finish 10th but then go on but top, isn't it over? I thought it was overall, including the Copa Superliga. The points. relegation table is. No, the Libertadores and Sudamericana. No, really? well. I, I don't think really? so. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? I've not heard that. Yeah. That would be ridiculous. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that of course doesn't mean. I mean, the, the, the news are ridiculous right now in terms of the format, so. I swear. Yeah. We will. Dan's going to go and. Uh, uh, we'll look that up during the half time break, which we're going to take in a minute. And then we will um, get back to you. But I haven't, I haven't read that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm looking on SofaScore, which obviously is not an Argentine app, and therefore might have it wrong. Anyway. Well, may, check Romeo's, maybe. But yeah, we, the we'll, we'll check it in a minute. But uh, and the relegation standings. We can say. Oh, we should mention that Gimnasia finally threw off their curse at the weekend. How oh, they won against they the won at home man. under Maradona. Yeah. Oh, that was their first uh, yeah, Maradona yes. has finally uh, um, actually. He said after Gimnasia won in the Copa Argentina that the teams wouldn't want to play at the at their own stadium, mm. and he finally delivered that promise. Indeed, after telling all of uh, Gimnasia's fans that they had to bring uh, crucifixes and rosaries to the to the stadium, he showed out on new crucifixes. That's a good Catholic he, boy he is. He gifted <laughs> crucifixes to the entire Gimnasia squad. I don't know if you saw Paso a Paso, the kind of behind the cameras TV show about football but 
the players were delighted. Um, they were all showing off their new Maradona bought crucifixes. <laughs> Victor Achala, the Paraguayan, went even further. He also had crucifixes. Well, why, why, why didn't they go to the Iglesia Maradona for that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he has his own church. I mean, yeah. come they, on, man. They also they managed it in spite of going down to 10 men with 11 minutes left when Matias Meshuso managed to pick up two yellow cards in the space of about 20 seconds. Yes. Um, that was genius. Which was, yeah, it really... Really smart, cool, under-pressure play there, Matthias. Well done. Um, so, well done, Gimnasia. They are still bottom of the relegation table. Um, there are changes in the relegation table. We are going to mention these briefly after the half-time break. And if you're a Hand of Pod extra um, getter, subscriber, via our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Hand of Pod. If there, are, we'll if there was ever a time detail. to sign up for extra, this is it. Indeed. Because it's going to be very informative. Uh, far too much to include <laughs> on a regular podcast. <laughs> oh, I just remembered that I forgot to mention our sponsors at the start of the episode, so I shall mention them now before we go on our half-time break. Uh, first of all, Fanatis uh, allow you to watch all of the Superliga, all one remaining weekend of it, but also after that, the Copa Superliga as well. Live or on demand, wherever you are in the world, outside Argentina, you can get a seven-day free trial, followed by 20% off your first three months. If you go to fntz.co slash HOP and use the discount code HOPFZ. So please go and do that. Um, and also our other sponsor, Sopel Semek, um, who is running albicelestes.com. That's A-L-B-I-C-E-L-E-S-T-E-S. Dot com, uh, which is an online archive of Argentine national team matches and players. He is sponsoring us for the month via our Patreon page. Thank you very much indeed for that, Sopel. For now, we're going to take a half-time break, and when we come back, we will talk a bit more about Argentine football. say in the second half is that Dan was unsurprisingly uh, correct I, this, these aren't words we hear an awful lot in on Hannah Pod so I'm, I'm happy uh, all right. I'd, I'd heard so much about how ridiculous it was and I've talked so much about how ridiculous it was that the Copa Superliga group stage is accounting towards the relegation table mm. that I had not realised that the so like the, the cumulative total of the Copa Superliga group stages and the league standings is also going to count towards continental qualification mm-hmm. and therefore neither River nor Boca are actually well actually presumably whoever wins the Superliga one of still, the two yeah does still go to the Libertadores group stage even if they then crash and the Copa de la Superliga winner as well yes yes so the two champions so will be there mm-hmm. I still remember that how many it will last three months less I think uh, three no the group two. stage will be more or less that because it's yeah. 11 matches and they will the have stage. a spot there are going to be a couple midweek, so it might be two and a half months. And they will have the same spot to the Copa than the winner of this Superliga. No, it's like um, no. look, no. you know, you know the table, like the Superliga table. No, the the matches that are going to be held, they are going to accumulate the points. Imagine you already got in the Imagine Superliga it was a table. Premier table, but only for a year. Ah. That would be. Well, remember the, the the famous Libertadores uh, table that was actually the year year round table. Be- 
when there yes. was the apertura yeah, clausura. Yeah, yeah. So they will sum both tables. And exactly. Okay. That, that's gonna work. That's how it's yeah. gonna work. Um, now the other thing that I said before the break that we were going to talk about briefly after the break, but if you want the full detail, then you need to be a hand of pod patron. No doubt we will go into this in more detail closer to the time uh, and more to the point when it's all definite. Um, but it is almost definite now. Uh, is just to mention briefly that we have been talking about the relegation battle all season as if it was uh, three teams who were going to be relegated directly into the Primera Nacional, which is the new name of the Primera B Nacional, although it appears that it's still officially the Primera B Nacional, because the AFA's regulations call it both things, <laughs> with Primera B Nacional in, in, in quote marks. It could be either or neither. Indeed. I'm not really sure what's going on there, but anyway, we, we've been talking all season as if three teams are destined to be relegated straight away. And now we realise that I was wrong about that as well. It turns out that in fact it's the bottom two who goes straight down and the third from bottom team in the relegation table will go into a playoff against the the loser second place team. No, No. the loser of the promotion. I'm gonna. I'll explain very quickly. Oh, okay. The loser of the playoffs. How the Primera Nacional works. There are two groups of oh Christ, lots of teams because there's like (laughs) thirty teams in the Nacional now. Now. the first place team from each group goes into a final. The winner of that final uh, goes up. So there are no automatic league promotion places. The loser of that final uh, enters the semi-final of the playoffs because there are um, four. Uh, there will be six further teams, three from each group. Yes. That will um, enter the playoffs in the quarterfinal stage. They'll play each other. That will give us three teams. Yeah. Um, they then, will then one of those winners will play the loser yep. of the final in the semi-finals. They'll then go to a final. The winner of that final goes up to the Superliga, and then. So that's two promotions. Yeah. And then the loser of that final, the playoff final, goes to the promotion, the promotion playoff, promotion relegation playoff. With the third from bottom team in Superliga. Wow. So the plan before, although I didn't I'm know I'm quite the happy I did that so concisely. Thank you yeah. for uh, explaining that. Yeah. So although, we didn't, although I hadn't been paying attention, and I'm guessing most of our listeners hadn't been paying attention to the exact mechanism <laughs> in the second division, uh, before when there was... So I'm joking, by the way, when I say it turns out that we've been wrong all season. We haven't been wrong all season. The AFA changed the rules on yes. Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, or are in the process of changing the rules it's definitely going to happen the vote hasn't yeah. actually taken place yet there will be a rotation I think it was today or next Wednesday it was supposed to yeah, be there's, I think there's the today I think it's going to be next week now. yeah but it's uh, it's uh, expected that there's going to be an agreement between all 24 of the first division clubs yeah. Um, but yeah as I said we'll, we'll give the actual the, the go into this in much more detail on how to put extra um, but the before this would have resulted in three teams being relegated and two promoted. Yeah. And now it's going to result in a first division ne- or Super League or whatever it's called next season, um, which will be the same size as this season. Yeah, to borrow World Cup qualifying parlance, it's two and a half teams going down and two and a half teams going up. Yeah, right. Uh, whereas before it was going to be three down to up. Yeah, and the thing is, the, the issue that that was, that was going to cause is that the Superliga, or whatever it's going to call next season would have been uh, with an uneven number of clubs. Yeah, yeah, but they knew that was going to happen. 
Yeah, I mean that, that's what they planned. Uh, that's what they planned when they first um, changed the number of relegated reg- teams from four to three. Exactly. And now, and just now, on the second of March, twenty twenty, they realized there was a problem. Anyway, as I said, we're going to go into yes. more detail yes, on this about the pod extra. So, uh, Patreon supporters, that's what you've got to look forward to, you lucky people. <laughs> um, we should also discuss. Although Tony isn't here. I'm just going to very quickly check what's been going on in the Primera Femenina um, over the weekend. I can't remember when there were actually matches. There were matches. Tony went to one in um, Avicenea, where Racing played their first ever official match in El Cilindro. First professional match, because they did play last season in El Cilindro at some point. I believe this was first official. That was an Uh, exhibition or a friendly. Right, yeah. So the results were San Lorenzo 7, Defensores de Belgrano 0. Rosario Central 3, Guay Urquiza 6, Racing 2, Villa San Carlos 1 in the Cilindro, Platense 2, Boca Juniors 7. I, uh, Tony was planning to go to that as well, but it was on the same day as the Racing game, which he got pressed for, so he didn't get there. Excursionistas 1, Televisión 2, River 4, Gimnasia 0, that's not Diego Maradona's Gimnasia, of course. Huracán <laughs> 0, Estudiantes 1, um, and El Porvenir 2. Lanús won and what that means is that with some matches left oh with a couple of matches left no just one one well, no, no, different teams are playing different numbers left. of games but I think it's two matches left all round with a couple of teams having games in hand yes um, the championship zone is all my, no it's still the same situation really as Tony mentioned last week the top four Boca, Guayaquil, San Lorenzo, Riva um, are all mathematically assured of being in the, the championship zone uh, group um, after the season breaks. But at, from there down, Independiente, Gimnasia, Central and Racing, if it ended today, would all be there. Um, but Lanús, Estudiantes... I think uh, Platencia are, are out both of both on the really. same number of points Yeah, Platencia are out of it. Yeah, and, and Televisión as well, I think. Um, but Lanús and Estudiantes are both on the same number of points as Racing. They're both on 20 points. So mm-hmm. they're all very, very close indeed. Independiente, Gimnasia, Central are 22 and although I just said Televisión are out of it, mathematically they can still do it. They've got two games to play and they're five behind, but realistically behind it's probably not going to happen. Seven behind, I'm saying. Seven behind Central Gimnasia Independiente, but five behind Racing. What? Who are eighth place, I've, I've got on my app. But that doesn't take into account the game they've just played. Your app is out of date, sir. Oh, t- <laughs> I'm, I'm using a different app now, which is an Argentine app, and which should be up to date. Racing a fifth in it with 23 points. How many games have you got them having played? 14. Ah, right, that's why I thought a couple of teams had a game in hand. Apologies. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Uh, it's not as detailed as what Tony gives us normally, um, but that is your Primera Femenina update for the week. Um, anything else off the pitch or anything to add, gents, before we move on to listeners' questions? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, the, what, what we're going to discuss off the pitch is going to be uh, expanded in the in the extra yes. anyway. So, indeed, I mean, yes. that's the big news, and we've already talked about that. Exactly. Yeah, I don't normally like to um, keep the main major news stories back for the extra, but this week we're doing it because we're in a little bit of a rush to record because. Andres wants to well Andres and I would both like to watch the River Libertadores game I don't know about these two maybe they do as well um, and uh, also we've started recording 40 minutes later than planned because I have lots of work in the afternoon so moving on to Lister's questions did we have any over the weekend no we didn't um, James Bollum said 12 hours ago I've been listening for a year now and heading off to Buenos Aires a week today 
to hopefully watch some matches. That's a good choice, James. Well done. Any idea of the Copa Superliga game scheduled for the 15th of March and the 22nd of March might be moved, or is it just a case that they haven't arranged times yet? Um, as far as I'm aware, nothing in the Copa Superliga so far has had solid kickoff times played, and therefore the ones on the 15th of March um, could. They will be on the weekend of the 15th. Exactly, of March. which will be between the Friday and the Monday evenings. Yes of that weekend and the same goes for the 22nd they just stick everything on the Sunday to start with and then closer to the time they will be spread over so if you're thinking oh can I get to more than one game yes definitely especially if you're based in Buenos Aires Um, and if you're thinking when is you know has the official kickoff time been released yet and I just can't find it anywhere online no it hasn't I'd imagine Monday, Tuesday yeah it would come out Hmm. Uh, and you know get in touch as well if if you're a listener and you're in town then it'd be lovely to meet up David Novoshevsky says, when did they start allowing groups of away fans at matches again? Maybe it was never banned and I was misinformed. In any case, San Lorenzo had a very large away contingent against Aldo Sibi last Sunday. It's all done very much on a discretionary basis. If I mean, the, the first thing to say is, David, you weren't misinformed. They were banned for yes, some time. Indeed, for a while, they're slowly yeah. allowing yeah. them back now. Um, if the local... Um, the local government who organises the game are comfortable with the policing and the club feel they're able to to house fans or, or are willing even uh, there could be away fans this happens more in um, in Buenos Aires province yeah the thing is uh, it also depends on what what's the number of away fans that can be agreed be, be, between both boards of both of the teams yes. that are going to face each other which is uh, it's, it creates in a bit a conflict of interest because I mean one of the main um, one of the main collateral damage that has caused the the away fan ban is that um, most teams have used what uh, used to be the away fans stands to actually fill them with their own with their own fans and when they yeah. face therefore the, removing certain security measures you know uh, dividing fences and not just and, uh, re- and not just in needed. terms of, uh, of of security measures. They feel like um, some of the away teams are not going to actually carry enough people to fill mm. that those away sections. So it's it's kind of a conflict of interest yeah. if they're going to negotiate a number. So that's yeah. that's it's a big problem that's faced um, after the the away fan ban. Yeah. And so in the city of Buenos Aires, there's a blanket ban. Yeah, no games ever have away fans so Santi's just explained to us uh, why it's, it's not a coincidence that when you see especially a sizable number of away fans at a game it's going to be a big five club most probably um, exactly playing away to most probably a team like Aldo Sibi or Godoy Cruz who play in a World Cup 1978 stadium which is far too big for them basically um, on a related note did you see um, the nonsense that came out of Tucumán today that was quite fun Oh, I saw, the very, I saw the start of it yesterday when the president ah, said that yeah. River fans would be allowed to buy tickets just like anybody else. And then I saw one you put on Twitter, Dan. So, uh, basically, a group claiming to speak for the official Barra, saying that they were going to set up um, impromptu controls around the stadium uh, alongside the normal police controls, um, checking both documents to make sure people were from Tucumán and they wanted, if they wanted to go to the Atletico Tucumán River Plate game. And they were also going to be uh, checking cell phones <laughs> to see if you have photos of yourself in an Atletico Tucumán shirt in order to avoid any River fans slipping through the net and infiltrating themselves. It's very clever of them to announce this several days before the game, isn't it? 
I mean, there's no way that if you're a river fan who wanted to go, you could just take a few selfies and a friend's out there to go to Govan shirt and or a flex oh, your I mean, Photoshop skills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, an interesting one, yeah. Um, also, if you're going to, as I think somebody pointed out to you, or maybe you pointed out to somebody on your Twitter replies to that to that tweet. If you're going to a game and some bloke who clearly isn't a policeman says, hand over your ID and your phone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you're all right, thanks. Yeah. Oh, man, bad as a, Am I going to get uh, him back? Yeah. Kind of scary people. They're all, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all at inspectors. As the most badass. Mm. Yeah, yeah. the nice they're the wallet inspectors yeah. from The Simpsons. Yes. And then I saw another post yeah. which was <laughs> apparently from... Um, the Atletico Tucumán Barra's official Facebook page <laughs> saying they had nothing to do with this but um, I mean I don't know which is more dubious uh, <laughs> the original statement or a group saying they are the official Barra saying no this isn't from us Yeah, there was I mean, no blood tick there where I mean this kind of it's a convergence of fake news almost <laughs> where we just don't know what the fuck is going on the fake news mega sword that yes. in fairness could be a decent summation of the last nine and a half years of this podcast yeah. Um, but yeah it's also going back to David's question um, in the same way as, as I say you're likely to see the biggest followings away for a big five side at a previous World Cup stadium in the same way you're not going to see any away fans at all in River and Boca stadiums because at the moment both of those clubs know that they can Sell their, yeah. sell their own stadiums out with their own fans and if they don't have away fans allowed in then they don't have to pay the police the extra and money to police the exception the being fans. continental games yes where they are obliged to and, and the last time it was allowed to, to uh, for away fans to go to the stadiums was that the money they earned was uh, distributed between both teams or it was only because there was a, a time in which the, the home team uh, got all the, 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 the I think it yeah, was the case, the case yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. it's, uh, it's also, yeah. yeah it's uh, it's a fairly the visiting common. team earned money from putting the buses you know putting up the coaches organising the transport that kind of yeah that kind of thing but the yeah. tickets themselves were uh, have always been home team as far as I know Huggy says anyone want to guess how the AFA slash Superliga will react to the impending coronavirus pandemic the other thing else though, Does he know something we don't? Because we've only <laughs> had one case. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> crazy posh bloke who went to Italy and but then he, tried to order sushi he, from his hospital. Finally, he wasn't the uh, former vice president. It wasn't, no. He, oh, was, yeah, he was. had um, laryngitis or, or something like that. Laryngitis or pharyngitis? Sorry, I know what you're talking about. Santi knows what you're talking about. Actually, you don't because I added you to the WhatsApp group after this yesterday. But for our listeners, Andres, please, what do you mean the former vice president? The former, former vice president, president of, of Chicago, Ferreira, was ah, named yeah. at the coronavirus uh, Yes, the one who was sick. Patient zero in Argentina. Yes. Yeah. He was under observation. Um, they did test him for it because he had flu-like symptoms, but it turned out to be yeah. another flu-like virus. Yeah, there was also the the fake news spraying around Twitter that uh, San Lorenzo chairman Marcelo Tinelli also had coronavirus, which was... That's what it's Pope Francis. I wouldn't be too worried about the Apple or the Superliga's response. I'd be more worried about the response of everybody on the Buenos Aires Sub Day who 90% of whom clearly yeah. don't wash their hands off. I don't think there's that much reason to panic like no we've got is, I mean we're I in very warm weather flu doesn't happens. like yeah. warm weather too much for spreading um, I can't see it yeah I think the, the I can't most see it becoming a pub- public health I think the concern most, uh, in, in that case yeah the most accurate answer we can get to that is uh, Jürgen Klopp's answer to, to when he was asked about coronavirus. Well, that as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says, who would be inducted into a Primera División slash Superliga Hall of Fame? 
Players must have retired and only their career in the Argentine League is considered. Bloody hell, Liam. How long do you think we've got? <laughs> now, we can throw our names. I mean, obviously, a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, from recent years. Uh, Riquelme, obviously. Of course. Pochini. Uh, if we keep it like last 10 years, maybe just ah, to okay. say no, the last 10 time. years. Uh, so that you don't have to name Bocchini. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would have said Bocchini as well, but if we're going to go as far back as Bocchini, then we're never going to finish. No, I think yeah. that's fair. So yeah. maybe so the last, last, uh, last players have retired in the last players 10 years. Ah, players have retired. So pe- no Pepe San. So I, I, I no agree with Riquelme. Verón? Verón, yeah. yes, yes, Verón. Well, Palermo also. Palermo. Yes. Palermo. That's very normal of you to suggest that. Gallardo? Maybe? Maybe not? I can't remember Based how on his domestic it, yeah. career. I mean, he won the Libertadores as a player in 90s. Yeah, but that was in the 90s. I mean, we're talking about the last uh, decade. So. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, but as I said, he's retired in the last decade. So that Well, yeah. Did he retire in the last decade? Or I think before? 2010. Before, 2010. before uh, River got uh, relegated. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that might be right. Well, so I'm very hard to think. No, I find it very hard to think of 2010. It must be decade the last, It must be the last <laughs> decade because he retired as a player. He retired with Nacional. Yeah. And then immediately took charge of them. Ah, yeah. Ah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So Gajardo is a viable option. Diego Milito. He won the league in 2014. Yeah. Yes, because I was Excellent. trying to think. No, we can't say Lisandro Lopez because he still plays. Saka, maybe. He won the. He won okay. with Racing. He was very successful with San Lorenzo as well. Yeah. Oh no, Ortigosa is still playing, isn't he? Ortigosa is still playing. Yeah, he's still playing in the second division. Estudiantes de Rio Cuarto. Yeah. He's fighting for promotion. Top of the second division. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. He might be back. Um, so. Cristiano Fabiani. Uh, Fabiani. <laughs> <laughs> he's still playing as well, isn't he? Define playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's still playing. Yeah, he's he's in the in the lower leagues. Uh, so. Dan- Daniel no. Osvaldo, of course, is no longer eligible for this. Because no, he, he would yeah. have been not retired. I mean, anymore. would he have been eligible anyway? Yeah, if he had been eligible, would it have been? It's Danny Stein. He's <laughs> eligible for everything. Daniele De Rossi. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Osvaldo might be the first person to get into the football and the rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah, in his dreams. If yeah. it wasn't for the last ten years, I would say a lot of river. Uh, yeah, like, well, I mean, Sala, but, but it's. I think, uh, well, in terms of independent players, nah. Last 10 years? Nah, nah, not at all. Maybe Rolfi Montenegro? Yeah, I'd have Rolfi in there. That's a shout, yeah. I think. He's good at Independiente, good at Huracan, Re- River, River. River. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wouldn't uh, dispute his inclusion. We can't include Jose Sand, of course. Yeah, we, we've said that. Once he does retire, sure. he'd presumably be a shoo-in. Yes. Yeah. And so, so, so would be uh, Polita Rodriguez. Yeah. So oh, other, as well. I mean, other currently playing players who you would expect to get. I mean, Nietzsche Lopez we've mentioned. Yeah. Probably. Enzo Perez. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, Enzo Perez, uh, he was Ponce really successful. Well. Ortigosa, as he mentioned. Uh, Tevez, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pisculici, maybe? He was really good uh, with yeah. Argentinos and River. Two different clubs, yeah. He's got that going for him as well. Yeah. So there's a lot, basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. cut this short. Yeah. Yes, that, it, it's an interesting question, Liam. And um, ask us again. We, we might try and draw something up. Maybe we'll uh, do it during the off-season, maybe, when we don't have anything better to talk about. Mm. Uh, and actually more, more closely consider who would be our inductees. Um, that could be good fun. You know, as you say, maybe for, a, for an extra one week. Mm. Um, for now, that's it. Those are all the questions. Wonderful. So... I'm now going to play Mystic Sam's theme music, and when we come back, I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. Who will win the Superliga this weekend? I've I've kind of already spoiled that one. Yeah, (laughs) let's find out.
Okay, with the two very obvious exceptions, this is the first time that I'm looking at any of these fixtures. Um, as is nearly always the case when we do this, you're probably bored of me saying that by now, but here we go. Arsenal de Sarandi versus Aldo Civi gets us underway on Friday evening. I'm going to go for an Arsenal win in that one. Later on that same night, Argentinos Juniors host Rosario Central. I think that will be a draw. On Saturday at 6pm, Banfield versus Huracan. Um, Did you hear that? Just as you mentioned, Banfield Huracan, a baby crud. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? That means don't watch it. I'll, I'll go for Banfield to win, but it's not going to be pretty. Uh, and also on, on yeah, Saturday don't, at 6pm. Don't get carried away by, by Huracan's win. Don't. don't. <laughs> also on Saturday at 6pm, Defensa y Justicia host Patronato de la Juventud Católica of Paraná. And I think that Hernán Crespo's Defensa y Justicia will win that match. Uh, I've already told you what I think is going to happen in the two 9pm games on Saturday. Boca Juniors versus Gimnasia and Atletico Tucumán versus River. Um, I think that by far the most probable result there in the title race is that both Boca and River will win and therefore River will uh, win the league. But, you know, we'll see. But ultimately, I find it difficult to, to see. Individually, I think they're both the most likely results. On Sunday, half past five or just after, San Lorenzo versus Lanús. Is San Lorenzo's 3-1 away win to Aldo Civi a false dawn or not? I'm going to go for Lanús to win. They're a bit better than Aldo Civi. Independiente at home to Central Córdoba. Um, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no offence, Santi, but neutrals don't watch that one either. Yeah, um, no, don't. I'm going for a draw. And Newell's versus... Oh, two late kickoffs. Newell's versus Godoy Cruz, I think, will be a Newell's win. And Tacheres versus Colón is going to be a Tacheres win. Uh, wow, Godoy Cruz has still won nil up against Vélez Southfield in stoppage time, by the way. Amazing. Um, and on Monday evening, Union versus Vélez, in spite of what I just told you. No, actually, no. Mm, I'm going to go for a draw there. And Estudiantes versus Racing Club. We're going for a draw in that one, but probably one of the more entertaining draws of the weekend. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, maybe. I'm playing football at the same time, so I probably won't watch it. <laughs> so, obviously, it'll be a... Free, a 4 free win for Racing or something well uh, may I remind you together. may I remind you that last week you also predicted uh, in the main they were going to draw against Huracan I did didn't I yeah so basically fuck you sorry <laughs> happens all the time though. <laughs> uh, Dan do you want to just turn over to Velez versus Godoy Cruz for a, it's in stoppage yeah. time according to this I'm enjoying and Marinelli in the Tigrenet basically <laughs> showing exactly how not to goalkeep <laughs> If, we, if we can drag this out, although I've just remembered, I'm going to have to give the full-time scores of the Tigre and River Libertadores games anyway. Oh, we're going for a minute longer. But Oh, God, right. Can we drag this out for one more minute, guys? Which matches of the ones I've just read out, um, apart from the two obvious ones, sound like the matches to watch for you? I think Newell's Godoy Cruz could be decent. Newell's have, at home yeah. are capable of playing some nice Well, stuff. we didn't mention it on the podcast because it was kind of a one-off draw, not particularly uh, decisive for anyone, but... But they played well against Racing. They probably should have won that game. Mm. Um, mm. It, it took Racing about eight five minutes to realise that um, Sebastián Palacios is quick, and if the, if the other team knocks it over the top for him, you should probably mark him. Yeah. <laughs> um, luckily, he can't finish. 
so it wasn't six nil. Yeah, we but in the band they learned that the hard way. Yeah, is it that hard to learn? I mean, <laughs> it seems pretty uh, kind of self-evident to me. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah to, to but I was impressed by news. Pablo Benes had a good game before. I think he managed to injure himself in in the celebrations of the goal that oh, Palacios yeah. actually managed to <laughs> score and then just walked off the pitch without telling anyone <laughs> leaving yours with 10 men and Racing kind of baying for blood looking for an instant reply um, which was fun but yeah in, in terms of that Palacios uh, thing it was a little bit like playing the, the first released version of Football Manager 2020 where the defences were all very 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 vulnerable to balls over the top and, and strike the strikers were the ball right the off one keeper. Once. Yeah. it was just it was a repetition of, of that pretty much um, def- uh, no I, I was going to say Defensi Justicia and Patronato because it involves Defensi Justicia but realistically no it's, that's gonna, that should be fairly one sided if they've got their shooting boots on um, oh that's full time good we don't have to drag it out anymore uh, so Godoy Cruz rather incredibly have just beaten Vélez Southfield 1-0 their second clean sheet of the season and they did it at the Almorfitani um and it marks their second win in their last 10 matches. They have lost seven of those. Wow. The only other win came against Huracan. <laughs> and the draw. Talking about, <laughs> about Vélez, uh, I heard that after Jiménez will leave now to uh, play for in, in, in the MLS. I don't know why now. Ah, yeah. ah because uh, the because MLS are still... I mean, yeah, they're... they're yeah, the, the MLS uh, transfer market is still open, so, uh, as well as the um, Brazilian transfer market. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I remember when the transfer window closed here, I saw a few Vélez fans on Twitter who were quite nervous about losing him still and not being able to replace him. Um, the, other, the, what, the draw that Godoy Cruz have had in the last 10 matches was a friendly away to Colo Colo in January. So, <laughs> not even the last 10... Their record over the last... Uh, that's nine. Their record over the last eleven games is now lost nine and won two with this win against Vélez. So congratulations, Godoy Cruz. You might not be crap anymore, although you, you are, are definitely. <laughs> and on that note, we will say goodbye. Keep listening for the full-time scores from Tigre versus. Uh, you can switch it back on now. Palmeiras. Tigre versus Palmeiras in the Libertadores and Liga de Quito versus River Plate's under twelves, also in the Libertadores. Um, <laughs> I will give you those after this full-time music. But for under now, 12s and over 35s. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've very, just gone and chaperoned, right? The substitutes. Like Bologna, Prado, they yeah. to make sure the kids don't misbehave and, exactly. and run away from school. Ponzi yeah. as well. Yeah. It will be a mix between married and single players. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, married men and virgins. Like exactly. That, <laughs> um, but yes, for now... Uh, thank you very much for listening and goodbye from Santi bye guys English down goodbye Andres goodbye thank you and me thank you and goodbye two Copa Libertadores full time scores to tell you about Uh, both Argentine sides lost Tigre lost 2-0 at home to Palmeiras and uh, River Plate's reserves or under 12s or whatever they were, lost 3-0 away to Liga de Quito. Um, Apparently, that is the first time that River have lost three consecutive Copa Libertadores games since 2003. Because, of course, they lost the second leg of uh, of last year's semi-final, 1-0. Then they lost the the final itself, 2-1, and now they've lost today. So, unlucky River.